Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to another Monday, start of the week. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and glad to have you here for our program on spiritual direction, The Inner Life, here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And how, how do you do with bugs, insects? Do they make you jump? Do they frighten you? Does seeing a spider, I know that's not an insect, an arachnid, but seeing a spider on the wall, does it make you freeze in terror? Or can you handle most bugs without getting a case of the heebie-jeebies? Bugs, they don't usually bother me. I think the only group of insects that I don't like are probably just wasps or hornets. I'm fine with honeybees or bumblebees, but if I'm outside and a yellow jacket starts buzzing around me, I back away very quickly. Now, I'm not allergic to them, and I've been stung different times in my life, and I know it's not all that painful. You know, it subsides fairly quickly, but I just don't like being around wasps. But sometimes a bug, it doesn't have to be dangerous or have that threat of hurting you with a strong bite or a sting to make your skin start crawling. One time I remember, this is back in November of 2012, and it was a Friday evening, end of the week, work week, school week. It was a couple weeks before Thanksgiving, and my daughter Anya, she was 11 years old, and along with our other kids, we were all settling in to watch a movie as a family at the end of the day rounding out that week. But right before we started watching the movie, Anya, she started complaining about her head had been itching. And my wife, Baylen, she started to ask questions. Well, where does it itch? And how long has this been going on? How long has it been bothering you? And then Baylen, she started to examine Anya's scalp. And that's when she saw a couple of tiny little bugs in Anya's long, dark hair. Lice. We determined that she probably got it from a friend at school. Now, neither Belen nor I, when we were growing up, we didn't have to deal with lice. We'd never had it before. And we didn't have to deal with, it our, with our kids up until this point. And we were quickly looking online then, jumped right online to see how do you get rid of lice. And there were all kinds of different shampoos and treatments claiming to kill lice. But for every one of those ads that we saw, we also saw these articles about how most lice had grown resistant to those shampoos. They could survive through the treatments. And the main consensus of everything that we read was that you had to go through the hair thoroughly with a very fine comb and start looking for the eggs. These eggs are called nits. And those nits... They're very tiny, and each one is firmly attached to a single strand of hair. And it's the process of combing through the hair. It just takes a long time. And so once we found that on Anya, we also checked our other kids. We had six children at the time, and Baylen was pregnant with number seven. 
two of the kids had lice. So three out of the six of our children, 50% of our kids, we had lice all of a sudden on this Friday night. Movie night was canceled. And we started going through everyone's hair. We started combing and recombing and combing again and pulling out the live lice that we found along with pulling off the knits that are attached to the strands of hair. And it took hours. And the whole time, as the hours are creeping on and on, Baylen and I, we're getting more and more tired, but we both feel like our own scalps are crawling while we're checking through the kid's hair. And even as I tell you this, I just, I can feel my scalp itching. I just want to scratch. I want to run my fingers through my hair. And so finally, it gets to 1 a.m. on this, this Friday evening. Now it's crossed into Saturday. And we were thinking, We'd done about as much as we could do at that point. But being exhausted along with that stress, that anxiety of the thought that these little bugs might be crawling through my hair, I was just on edge. And Anya, she had been walking over to the garbage can in our bedroom to throw away a little dead lice bug that she'd found, but she dropped it on the carpeted floor, and then we couldn't find it. And that was it. That was my breaking point. I lashed out and I started to yell at her about how she needed to be more careful. And now this bug, it's somewhere on the floor. It's in my room. I really hope it's dead. You know, it was not my finest moment there. But Baylen, she knew exactly why I was so upset at that moment. She felt the same way. But I was the one who let it build up until I was yelling at our daughter at one o'clock in the morning on a Saturday in November nine years ago. It's honestly one of the last times I really remember getting seriously angry. But anger is one of those seven deadly sins. It's something that we need to avoid. So how do we let go of anger? And how do we allow God to work in our lives so that we can become peaceful and patient? Well, that's what we want to talk about today here on The Inner Life. And helping us look at anger how we can avoid that sinful anger. Our spiritual director for the hour, Father Dave Heaney, a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. He's the pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California. And uh, his latest book available through Ave Maria Press is called Luke 10 Leadership, How to Succeed in Parish Ministry. And Father Dave, uh, so glad to have you back here on the program today. Uh, Any bugs that are your stay away bugs (laughs) that you just say, (laughs) I always have to avoid them? You know, it's actually pretty wise to keep a list or to know what those are, because if, if, if you know that there are certain things in your life, whether they're people or bugs or insects or anything that, as we say, push your buttons that kind uh, of cause you to rile up, knowing what those are ahead of time can help you. If you know that you're going to have dinner with uh, Aunt Sally that always gets under your skin and, you know, or, or you're going to have this meeting with uh, this coworker. Knowing that in advance can help uh, settle your emotions so that you, you don't, you know, explode. So, uh, yeah, if, if you know what, uh, what bugs you, literally, then um, that's, that's a wise move to keep a peaceful day. Let you just prepare in advance. Sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, and so as we're going to talk about how we can deal with anger before we look at how we can avoid it or how it can have its proper place... Let's start off with just understanding what anger actually is. Can you help us understand what we mean when we talk about anger? Sure. And anger of all the passions uh, is sometimes the most confusing because there's actually anger itself is neither good nor bad. Um, 
And we can talk about that. You know, Jesus got angry at the Pharisees. He got angry at the money changers. Uh, it says specifically that, uh, for instance, Paul in Ephesians says, in your anger, do not sin. So he recognizes that uh, anger is something that happens. So there's good anger and bad anger, what we call righteous anger. Uh, if you see someone beating up a, a vulnerable person, you know, you, sh- you should be angry about that. If you see sinful behavior in the world, that should rile you up. Uh, then what you do with that afterwards is important. Uh, but then there's bad anger, uh, resentment, bitterness, uh, violence, um, you know, kind of uncontrolled emotions. So just using the word anger by itself, which we normally do, uh, we kind of suppose that there's that we're knowing that this is good anger and bad, but we don't often clarify it. So it's kind of a good idea to, to know that the passions are neutral. They're sudden or sudden arousal of emotions in you that usually are oriented to some action. You want to do something because the passions are, are actually uncomfortable. We don't feel good with jealousy or envy or lust or sadness. And so we want to resolve it in some way through action. And what that action is determines uh, whether the anger or the passions are good or not. So anger is a sudden rise of emotions uh, about something that we don't like. And then uh, what we do next determines whether that anger is justified or not. Well, so let's look at a couple things that we can learn from Scripture. And so you're talking about righteous anger. Let's start there then, Father. Um, Like you said, we see where Jesus gets angry with the Pharisees at different points, or especially (coughs) the one that always comes to my mind is where he drives out the money changers from the temple. And in that moment, the actions that Jesus take, you talk about, you know, what are those actions that we do? We see him, uh, St. John's Gospel tells us that he makes this whip out of cords and he starts chasing people out of the temple area. Um, it, I mean, that's that's a pretty aggressive kind of violent image of Jesus thrashing a whip to try and get people out of there to regain the holiness of the temple. Mm-hmm. So looking at this example, I guess maybe before... We talk about the actions that Jesus had. How can we know if our anger falls into that righteous anger, that good anger category, or if it's if we're if we're started down a path that is not good, not righteous, it is leading us towards sin. Well, that's where our that's where our head comes in. That's where reason and rationality comes in. If the target of our anger is a truly bad situation, you know, the money changers in the temple were in the wrong place. They had expanded in such a way that they were moving into the area that was reserved for prayer. And that's why Jesus says, this is the area reserved for prayer. You have made it into a den of thieves. And he makes a kind of whip from cords, mainly to drive the animals out. But he overturns the tables and everything. And what's interesting is that the people, the, the people don't get upset about it. They kind of recognize that he's doing a good thing. It's the Pharisees who get upset because they were in on the money changer scam. They were making money, so they resented it. But the people kind of recognized that what Jesus was doing was good. And, you know, you just can't walk over and just kind of turn over a table. It takes some energy. You have to be kind of aroused up. And so, uh, (laughs) you know, you got to, you know, it's, it's, the emotions are a good thing. We use them. Just think of it as, as kind of the gas, the fuel that you put in your car. That, that gas powers the engine. It makes it move strongly. But now you have to be at the wheel. You have to kind of control which way the car goes. You don't just 
put gas in the car, turn the engine on and let it go by itself, it's just going to run amok. So if you have all this energy, you have this power, this, this zeal, as the gospel says, Jesus had zeal for his house, but then it's directed at the right goal. Well, that's how good things happen. You know, that's how change happens in society. It doesn't happen sometimes by polite discussion. It happens when, when you see someone is really strongly roused up emotionally, but they, their reason, their mind is in charge. That's the, that's the very important part. So if, if our emotions, our actions, our behavior are directed at making something good and or stopping something bad, that is righteous anger. It's about a righteous goal. If it's selfish, if it's uh, emotional, I'm just venting or ranting or um, you know whining or complaining, then that's that's a bad anger. That's uh, sure. it's selfish. It's selfish. <laughs> Let me open up the phone lines, Father, as we're talking here. In our studio line, 888-914-9149. We're talking about anger, how we can deal with anger, and how we can have that understanding of when anger is getting its its, uh, (laughs) roots into us. And what has helped you to let go of that bad anger in your life? Are there any tips or behaviors that have helped you to remain calm at a time where in the past maybe you would have gotten angry? Maybe you're struggling with anger right now and you'd like some advice, a little bit of help as you're dealing with that in your life. Again, our studio line, 888-914-9149 to talk with Father Dave Heaney here on The Inner Life today, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, as we're talking about this too, you know, with that, uh, the way that Jesus responds. So he has that good goal. Mm-hmm. as his end you know, target there for his actions, for that righteous anger. The other thing that I have to imagine here, just because Jesus, um, and you see him interacting with other Pharisees. If a Pharisee comes to him, he's willing to talk with them. You know, a great example is in the third chapter of John's gospel where we see Nicodemus come to him. And he's coming at night. He doesn't want any of the other Pharisees to necessarily know that he's going to to talk with Jesus. But then Jesus opens up and really gives, you know, some advice and, and, and tries to help. And so we see Jesus, everything that he does is for the love of those around him. So if I was in that situation where I'm trying to reclaim a holy atmosphere in a temple, in a church, something like that, I think it'd be easy for me to find myself where I would not have that attitude of, I'm trying to drive you out of here, but having love for each individual that I'm trying to move away from the wrongdoing that they're engaged in. That, that I think, is probably the big crux for me at that moment, is I would find myself maybe not being so concerned about the individual. I'd be more concerned about the holy, sacred space there. But Jesus would never have let that happen. Well, I, that's a noble goal, Josh, you know, to, to kind of have all of your behavior, you know, arise from compassion or arise from a, a motive of love. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's our best self when we're calm, cool, and collected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anger uh, is something that happens unexpectedly. It's suddenly, right. it's suddenly there. It just suddenly bubbles up, and it takes you by surprise. You feel your blood pumping. Uh, you know, the emotions are, 
are thoughts that have a physical connection. They are physically connected to our body. So your heart starts pumping, uh, you start sweating, your breathing changes. So these are thoughts that create a physical reaction and they're unpredictable. You can't, you can't say, I'm not going to get angry today. I mean, it can just happen, it can overtake you and overcome you and it comes as a surprise. So, so what happens then is, is really the important part. We'd love to have everything arise from love and compassion in kind of a rational way. But what anger is, and, and I'm glad we can talk about it today, is something that takes you by surprise. Yeah, I, I, that, that's such a good point there, too. And, you know, I was looking up before going on the air here some of the health problems and risks that are even associated with anger. Because if you have that angry outburst, uh, different research, different studies have shown that the next two hours following that angry reaction, that outburst that you have, your uh, the chance of you having a heart attack it doubles. Mm-hmm. If yeah, you absolutely. you have the opportunity, if 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 you're likely to have a stroke, if you have that angry outburst, all of a sudden it's three times more likely in those next couple of hours after letting that anger just uh, rage from your system three times more likely to have a stroke. It's also linked to anxiety and depression. There was a Harvard study that I was reading about that found angry people even have lung and breathing problems. So a bunch of physical issues that are all associated with anger. And so in your experience in dealing with people and helping to counsel them and walking them through, what do you think is the best piece of advice you can give someone so that they don't let yeah. that anger, you know, like you say, it, it it can catch us unaware easily. It's that emotional response. How do we not let it build to that point where you do have that outburst all of a sudden? So let's understand the, the, health, the health issues clearly. Uh, remember, emotions are something that's connected to our body. Right. right? The, the heart moving, the breathing, the blood, everything. Now, why is that? Because the mind is saying, do something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this body more blood, more oxygen, more breathing and everything in order to, that the body is ready to do something. So, uh, you know, whether it's if it's fear of an insect like you began with, then your body moves out of the way of that insect or deals with it in some way. So, so these are all good things. I mean, this is a natural occurrence. You see something that causes all these physical reactions. Where the health problem comes is that if you don't do anything, if you have all this arousal, physical arousal, and then you do nothing, then that's where the, the problem comes because the body has been gearing up for action, which then doesn't happen. So the body, in a sense, kind of turns against itself. So there's no problem with, you know, if somebody tells me that they're angry, I'll say, well, who are you angry at? And then eventually I'll come to the this question, what have you done about it? What, what actions have you taken to alleviate it, to resolve it, to reconcile? And if they don't, if they've never done anything, then anger becomes resentment and bitterness. And that's the health problem. The, ang- the, the health problem doesn't come from anger. It comes from unresolved anger, anger okay. that doesn't go anywhere. So it's resentment, holding on to anger, bitterness, you know, mulling it over in our mind over and over again, ruminating on it for a long time because the body is saying, well, do something, do something, do something. And then we have this bad habit of not doing something. And so the body is, in a sense, turning on itself. Does that make sense? So, 
Yeah, it, it does. So then at that point, and you know what? We need to take a short time out here, but mm. let's follow up. What is the something that you can do? So let's talk about that after the break. You know, you, you were talking about letting that build up, but how do we re- respond or react correctly? Let's, let's talk about that here in just a moment. Our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today, Father Dave Heaney, a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, and he's the pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California, and also taking your phone calls today as we're talking about anger, how we can have that healthy response, and how we can avoid letting our anger take us into those areas of sin. Our studio line, 888-914-9149. What's helped you to let go of that bad anger in your life? And are there any tips, any suggestions you have that have helped you to remain calm, maybe at a time where in the past you might have gotten angry? And maybe you're struggling with anger right now, and it's something that's really just, it's it's weighing on you. Our studio line again, 888-914-9149, and we'll continue our conversation in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on this Monday. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Dave Heaney, a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, and today talking about anger and how we can let go of that anger that might be kind of digging its its uh, claws into our lives and how we can go ahead and have that peace that God can give us. Um, also understanding the difference between good anger and bad anger, that anger that can lead us to sin. And our studio line, 888 Our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And Father Dave, right before the break, we were talking about some of the physical problems that can be associated with anger, especially unresolved anger, anger that we allow to kind of build up and fester. And you talked about how it can lead to resentments that we hold on to. And there was that aspect there. So how do we, if we're dealing with that anger, how do we uh, have the correct, the healthy approach so that we don't hold on to it, so that we don't let it fester, we don't let resentments build? What's the right path for us to take whenever we find ourselves having that kind of angry emotional reaction? So important. So important. And the first thing is to... Uh, return to that God-given gift that we have that is so important, that is sometimes put aside, but we need to return to really our reason, to uh, to our rationality, to our mind, to our reason, so that we can think through, you know, really what is going on here, because it's the truth that will set us free. Uh, our first reaction to an event could be wrong. Uh, I, I know in counseling, one of the most common problems is 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 people see an enemy 
where there isn't one. It turned out to be a misunderstanding. But they jumped to conclusions and they reacted too strongly. So I think one of the most important things to do is this very old-fashioned advice that people get from their grandparents, and that is count to 10. And that's a metaphor for it simply means stop, slow down, don't jump to conclusions, don't react right away, and don't do something right away. Now, we're not suppressing the emotions. We're not, you know, getting rid of them or stamping them down. We're just not letting them decide what to do. We're not letting our feelings drive the car, as we talked about earlier. So you see something that, oh my God, look at that. That's terrible. Uh, I hate that thing. All right, so just count to 10. <clears throat> All right, so now that just kind of puts your rational mind back in control and you can, um, you can think more clearly. So keep the energy, keep the emotion, but make sure that your mind, <clears throat> your mind is in, in charge. And then begin to plan. How are you going to deal with this that's effective? Because you, whatever the bad thing is, you want it to go away. Sometimes just flailing and flailing about is just maybe going to make it worse. So you want to be effective. You want to be successful. So that takes some planning. And then also maybe check with some wise friends that you have and say, you know, is this really a bad thing? And is this a, is this a good way to, to stop it? So count to 10 is the first thing. Plan it out. Plan out how you're going to behave, how you're going to act to change this bad thing. And I think the, the number one wisest thing that anyone ever wrote is the famous serenity prayer. Mm. And that's such a beautiful thing. It says, God, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. You know, I hate the terrorism that's going on, you know, in the Middle East. But there's very little that I can do about it. And so recognizing something that I cannot change. But if there is something that I can change, something going on in my household or my neighborhood or my parish, then I need the courage to uh, to make that happen. And then, of course, um, the wisdom to know the difference. So, so the count to 10, plan what you're going to do. Just don't react right away. That counting to 10 kind of pauses, puts a little pause button. You can think more clearly. And then just memorize that serenity prayer because it'll distinguish where you can actually do something. Because remember, it's the doing, it's the responding to anger and behavior that keeps you healthy. It's the not responding that uh, is going to cause the health problems. So you need to know what can you yeah. change and what you can't. Well, the, as you're talking about that counting to 10 too, I think... You know, there's certain situations where we can find ourselves really frustrated in the moment. Mm -hmm. And it might not be that you just count to 10 once and all of a sudden you've allowed your intellect to take over and fine, everything's good now. You might find yourself having to count to 10 a few times in the yeah. course of maybe a conversation that is on the verge of becoming an argument or, you know, some of those different uh, circumstances that surround us. You might have to just pause a, a number of times, you know, do yeah. that. Okay, let me just get my mind reordered once again, even though I've already done it a few times. It's a symbolic number. It doesn't, doesn't really mean, right. you know, everything is good at 10. I, when I sometimes tell couples this, I say, sometimes you have to count to 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but really the best thing to do is maybe just, just stop and wait. And um, that's, the, that's the meaning of it. It just means don't. Auto, don't wreck right away because you might have misunderstood and then you've made things worse. It turns out that your relative didn't mean what you thought was happening or you just misunderstood the situation and then you've made things worse by jumping to conclusions and acting too quickly. 
Father, let's go to the phones. We've got a number of people who are calling in to talk with you. Uh, we've got John who's listening in Janesville, Wisconsin. Hi, John. Thanks for calling into the Inner Life today. Hi. Both my father and myself used to get angry pretty quickly, and I noticed things bothered him less when he got to be over 60, and I found that to be true of myself. And I also can remember reading in a Catholic devotional book that people that get angry easy, they have a little bit stronger sense of justice than most people. Uh, A person that never gets angry is just kind of a wishy-washy, oh, who cares type of person. Any comments? Oh, I think that's exactly right. I think that's a very wise uh, understanding. I think your insight is right on. Anger is a good thing if it is directed against something that's really bad or evil. If you see something going on in the going on in your world that's sinful, you should be angry about it, and that will rise you, uh, arouse your uh, feelings and emotions, and kind of inspire you to uh, to take action to change it. So we're not passivity is not a benefit. Passivity is not uh, you know a good thing. So. It does happen that older people do find uh, themselves a little bit more serene. They have a bigger perspective. They've counted to 10 a number of times. They know that uh, uh, to sometimes to wait and get the larger context of things helps for better understanding. So, yeah, uh, it's no accident that we call older people wise. But uh, you're right, John, that uh, uh, passivity is not the goal here or, you know, just kind of this serene, almost unconscious uh, you know, walking through life in kind of a zombie state where that's a, that was the Stoics. That was the Stoic philosophy to be, to be untrammeled, to be unconcerned, to be unaffected by, by the world. That's not what Christ did. And that's not, uh, you know, the whole idea of Jesus coming to Bethlehem was God saying, I have heard my people's cry. I have heard that they need salvation. And so I am sending my son. That's a response out of compassion, uh, kind of an emotion. Uh, we don't say that God has emotions, but it really is a, it's a model for us that you see something wrong, you do something about it. Thank you, John. Very yeah. good insight. Yeah, thanks for calling into the show, John. And again, we're talking about anger today. What has helped you to let go of that bad anger in your life? Is there anything that you have made part of your regular routine? Any tips that you might offer on how you remain calm, on how you deal and express that anger in a good way? You don't let it build up like Father Dave has been talking about. You don't kind of stew on it. You don't let it build into resentment. Uh, Anything that's helped you in those moments. Maybe you are struggling with anger right now and would like some help. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, we've got Pedro, who's listening to us in Las Vegas. Hi, Pedro. You're on the air with Father Dave. Okay. Hi, Father. I actually had a, a, I actually need some advice. Okay. Just because um, I know you say that, uh, you know, that, you know, Jesus did, he did get angry at people that were um, pretty much ripping off other people. Mm-hmm. and. And, and and you said that getting mad at somebody that you want to defend is okay, and uh, and that's kind of the way that I see it with uh, my sister, honestly, because she normally comes in and she's always giving my mom attitude, and not only giving her attitude, but she starts telling her stuff and disrespecting her, and she just doesn't appreciate nothing, and at one point, you know, I I've I've let so much go that it builds up and this is over like probably a month and 
I have to explode. I have to defend my mom because I'm like, she does everything for us. I'm not going to let my sister just run over her and disrespect her and, you know, just treat her like trash when my mom's doing so much for her. I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. she, she hasn't even paid rent for like eight months and she doesn't even appreciate that. You know, she brought two kids into the household and she still doesn't appreciate that my mom is letting her live under her roof. And she just treats her like, you know, like nothing and disrespects her. So I had to hop in. Yesterday was uh, the day that I was done. I was done hearing her always talking, you know, treating my mom with no mm -hmm. respect and, and going off on her. And I hopped in because I'm like, no, I'm not going to let her do that to my mom no more. Yeah. My mom I does so much that, for her. us. That's a, that's a, it's a very... Yeah. Uh, a uh, serious issue, and I'm glad that you let us know about it. But here's what happened, I think, there. Because your sister came in and started disrespecting your mom, and you were mad about it. You didn't like it. You got angry about it. But then you did nothing for about a month or so until suddenly there was the volcano, and you kind of blew up. And then, you know, who knows what you said at that time or who knows what happened, but most likely it didn't resolve it, and it probably didn't change your sister at all. So that's this is an example of... The very first time that your sister disrespected your mother, I, I'm sure you were upset, you were angry. And that's the time, you know, maybe not to say anything right there, but then to plan and said, okay, how about the very next time my sister comes over, I'm going to have this talk with her. And then you're going to think about what are the best ways of talking with her, what's the best sentences, what kind of language does she understand. Uh, and then, you know, if, if that works, great. If it doesn't work, then the next thing, Pedro, is you and your mother can, can kind of think along these lines. Your sister has a habit of disrespecting people. So the next time she comes over, anticipate that and say, you know what? My sister's coming over. She's probably going to say these bad things. She's probably going to do these bad things. She's probably going to use these bad words. Because you anticipate and, and say and recognize that they're going to happen, when they do happen, You've already predicted it. They don't take you by surprise, and you actually don't get angry. And you you can actually prepare your mother as well by saying, hey, mom, remember, your daughter's coming over today. She's probably going to say these words. She's probably going to do these things. Don't take them personally. That's just the way she is. So that's an example of kind of planning ahead. When you when you kind of recognize, you have a little bit of advantage here, Pedro, in the sense that you you have a your sister has a habit of acting a certain way and you can plan ahead and prepare for it so it doesn't doesn't you don't take it personally it doesn't bother you but it does show the key point of not letting it stew in yourself for a month and then until suddenly it blows up so when you get angry that's a good sign it tells you that you're recognizing something that's truly bad then that's the time you plan and do something right away hope that helps yeah, thanks for calling in, Pedro. And just to follow up on that, Father, you know, let's say that you do have that moment where you're caught off guard. You have that emotional, angry mm -hmm. response. You don't say anything. And then you don't have the opportunity to have a follow-up like Pedro might have where, okay, his sister is going to interact with his mom again. Right. But if you don't have that opportunity, if if something happens and it's over and done, and then you're just kind of left there with this anger in your system but you don't seem to have any way to resolve it with, you know, if it's a person involved or if there's an event that happened and you're never going to be able to revisit that again. What do you do at that point? 
Really, if, if there's nothing that you can do, I think accepting the fact that there's nothing that you can do is a good thing. And then to let it go and to move on. Okay. Um, you know, Jesus talks about his disciples going into a town trying to preach. And if, the, if they slam the door in your face and say, get out of here, I don't want to talk to you Christians. Jesus says, don't take it personally. And he has this remarkable line. He goes, move on. Just shake the dust from your feet and move on. So I think that it just has to come with that realization, I cannot change this situation. I cannot make it go away. And so Jesus says, move on. Our spiritual director for the hour today here on The Inner Life, Father Dave Heaney, a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, the pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California, and today talking about how we can deal with anger, especially that bad anger, that we don't let it get into that area where it's going to lead us to sin. What has helped you to deal with that anger in your life? What has helped you to be able to remain calm, to plan ahead, like Father Dave is talking about? Any, any tips you might offer on what's helped you to get that anger out of your system so that you can go ahead and remain in a good relationship with God? And maybe you're struggling with that right now. Our studio line, 888-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-
is is that maybe that person's anger is justified. Maybe I have done something wrong. That's why the penitential rite is so beautiful at the start of Mass. We just have this self-examination to say, mm. you know, what's going on? You know, people are mad at me. I should, rather than being defensive, you know, say, is there some, is there some kernel of truth in what they're saying? Um, but that beautiful passage about turn the other cheek is is so beautiful but often misunderstood. You know, Jesus invites people to He's actually inviting people to slap, or he says, when someone slaps you on the right cheek or strikes you on the right cheek, well, if you think about it physically, if someone's facing you, the only way a right-handed person can strike you is, is by a backhanded slap. And a backhanded slap is not a violent slap. It's an insult. It's the classic symbol of an insult to be slapped by the back of someone's hand. So, however, it's an insult to our dignity. But since our dignity only comes from God... No person, no matter what they do, can ever take it away. So that's a very powerful idea. If we have the sense of our dignity comes from God, then we don't take insults personally. And so when he says, turn the other cheek, what he's basically saying is, you know, I have not been harmed. You, your insult doesn't really bother me. It doesn't, I don't take it personally, which then gives me the freedom to listen to what you said and say, is there a kernel of truth in what you said? So rather than getting defensive, I didn't take it personally. You don't, you don't establish my dignity. It's not I, my dignity doesn't come from you; it comes from God. Therefore, I have the calmness of heart to listen calmly to what you say, and either say, you know what, you got a point. You have a right to be angry the way I behaved, or to say, you know what, you're not right, and I'm not going to take that criticism um, to heart because it's just not uh, not just. So recognizing our relationship with God, that our dignity comes from Him, gives us the freedom to not take uh, anger directed at us personally, but to see perhaps maybe maybe there's some kernel of truth in it. Very good. Well, Father, let's go back to the phones, and we've got Joseph who's listening to us in Sacramento. Hi, Joseph. Thanks for calling into The Inner Life today. Good morning, Josh and Father. Thank you for taking my call. I, uh, you know, very, very... Uh, brief uh, uh, history. I came back from deployment in 2007 and have been dealing with anger since then. Uh, so I, it is post-traumatic uh, stress related. And as a Catholic, practicing praying Catholic mm-hmm. and having gone through numerous, numerous anger management classes, mindfulness, which is a, a, another tool I have now, and cognitive behavioral therapy, which I continue to practice through group therapy, I've come up with a prayer of sorts that I so personalized and would like to share. And because this anger of mine, which has been diagnosed as intermittent explosive disorder, an official diagnosis, now it ha- my anger has not gone away, but I've had better management of it. Now I pray to Jesus. I, when, when I sense anger, I tell him, my Jesus, you know me, you know my heart, you know my efforts. You know that I do not get mad for the sake of putting people down or harming them emotionally. I give you my heart. Please give me yours, my Lord. I just wanted to share that. I'm glad you did, Joseph. And let me say thank you for your service. And uh, thank you for letting us know about, you know, how it's impacted you and in, in your life. You know, uh, when, when we are traumatized, we, we feel weak. 
and we feel vulnerable. Um, and you, you say, you know, putting yourself in the hands of Jesus, who himself was always at service. So one of the ways that God designed for us to kind of overcome that sense of weakness and vulnerability is to to use our, to take our life and use it for the service of someone else, to, to be involved in service groups, maybe volunteering, uh, doing something you can in the community. God designed us in such a way that when we help someone else, we feel powerful, we feel stronger, we feel more in control because we're doing something good and, and what and what we're doing is we're using ourself to do something good. And that kind of puts us back in control and gives us a sense of power again that that often uh, has been taken away by by trauma and especially by violence that people find in the in military service. So I'm glad you're in therapy. I'm glad, especially glad that you're in group therapy. That's a very powerful healing mechanism. You've designed a perfect prayer for yourself. I congratulate you on that. You, you, I think you were inspired to put that together. And let me just add to find ways that you can serve in the community uh, and that which will give you a sense of empowerment again. And um, I think that will be very, very helpful. So thanks for sharing everything, Joseph. Yeah, Joseph, thanks for the call. And uh, I know you've got a lot of people who... Just hearing you call in, they're going to keep you in in their prayers as well, and I'll keep you in mine. And uh, our studio line, if you'd like to join the program, is today we're talking about anger, ways that we can make sure we don't let that anger build up inside of us. It doesn't lead us to sin. And our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father Ramona is listening to us in Florida. Hi, Ramona. You're on the air with Father Dave Heaney. Hi there. I'll be brief. So I had learned <clears throat> probably wrongly that I uh, that it was good to let my anger out, that it would be harmful to me to keep it bottled up. And so <clears throat> I would, I had a very terrible temper. I would throw things. I would break things. I, I was just, I would scream. And my husband would kind of just, he was very mild mannered. He would just um, kind of wait. Anyway, it, it started to become not healthy. The children were frightened. And <clears throat> um, I heard somewhere that St. Jerome had had a terrible temper. And so I began to pray to St. Jerome to help me. And things began to change. Um, peace began to come in. My temper began to moderate. I began to learn some of the tools that other people have shared. And I think for me, the key was asking and getting that help from St. Jerome. Beautiful. Well, that was a planned action. And, you know, people who say, you know, you know, just let it out, explode and everything is so wrong. Venting is never helpful. It actually makes everything worse to the people who are experiencing it and to you. But planned action, changing the bad thing uh, is very healing and very helpful. And I like how you talked about moderation uh, but, you know, certainly talking to St. Jerome and learning from him, that's a planned action that is very, very useful. So I think you found the solution, and I'm glad it was in one of our saints. Thank you for uh, calling in. Yeah, Ramona. And, and following up on what she said also with Joseph, um, you know, with Pedro as well, there's a lot of—you were talking about that serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. 
Joseph had the prayer he kind of repeats when he finds himself in those moments, Ramona reaching out and asking for the intercession of St. Jerome. Uh, In my own life, I think one of the things that has helped me to just grow more in peace and not get so worked up when things might not go exactly how I want them to, or, you know, something catches me off guard, is just praying the rosary every day. I mean, that right there has been a huge, huge help in my own daily uh, uh, ability to not let things just get me get me so worked up. But um, taking that time for prayer, you know, I, I say this all the time on this program, that we're talking about spiritual direction on a Catholic radio network, but Father... Going back to prayer, if you don't have that basis of prayer in your life, trying to apply a lot of these things that we talk about on our own, it's going to fall flat. Yeah, and talking to God does one thing right away. It puts you into the largest context of all, uh, eternal life. And that puts whatever's bothering you in perspective and context, which is part of the healing process and, and allows you to really make the right decision going forward. Prayer is absolutely something we should do. And Father, I don't know if we have enough time to get another phone call on here, but one last thing that might be good to talk about before the hour concludes is we've been talking about anger, about not letting us lead us to sin, but for any sin that we struggle with in our lives, there are always virtues that help us avoid that sin. What what do you think is the best virtue that we can look at for combating anger in our lives? I think all of the cardinal virtues, uh, certainly wisdom, prudence, making the right decision, temperance, having things in the, in the right balance. So prudence, temperance, wisdom um, are all beautiful. But you know what? I think going back to what you just said a moment ago, if we have the habit of prayer, uh, we have the possibility of getting an insight from God how to move forward. It slows us down. It puts things in context. So I think the best virtue, besides the cardinal virtues, which are classic, is a focus on prayer. One of the other things that, uh, and again, knowing we're short on time here, but I think it's also important to look at that when Jesus ends up giving us, uh, when we talk about anger, this is also to put that bad anger in the same category where we, we know how serious this is. In the Sermon on the Mount, he compares it to murder. He starts off by saying, you've heard it said to your ancestors, you shall not kill. Why do you think Jesus makes such a strong statement regarding anger there? What, how, what can we walk away with from this hour knowing how strong our, our response can be that we really do need to understand and keep that in check? Because uh, an uncontrolled anger, a volcano, a kind of a sudden ranting uh, can have lasting effects because it's an emotional thing and it can affect someone else's dignity. Uh, Physical violence is terrible, but when you insult someone, you're insulting their sense of who they are as a person. It can just last a long time. So that's why it's so very important to use anger well. Our spiritual director for the hour has been Father Dave Heaney. And Father Dave, uh, as we're concluding the hour, could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing? Heavenly Father, help us to recognize accurately the evil in our world. Help us to use our emotions well to fight them and to bring in the kingdom of God. We ask your fullest blessing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dave, for being here on the program with us. Always great to talk with you. Thank you. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, you can find the whole podcast. It'll be available here shortly on the Relevant Radio website, relevantradio.com. 
and on the Relevant Radio app. We've got Mass coming up here in about 30 seconds, so please stay tuned. Father Edward Looney is our celebrant today, and tomorrow we're going to talk about daily conversion. Father Bobby Blood will be our spiritual director here on The Inner Life. <laughs>